What's more important is to not raise much money, not give up as much capital, you know, equity and like get to market, try to be scrappy, learn from your customers. You'll learn more being in the market in three months than you will in the, the year that you spent planning. Welcome to the Irresistible Factor, the podcast for brands in the health and wellness space who want to be irresistible, not only to consumers, but to investors and retailers. Here we talk to successful entrepreneurs about the inspiring stories that help them start and grow their awesome brands. And we also talk to investors, leaders in private equity, and retail buyers about what makes brands irresistible to them. Welcome to today's episode of The Irresistible Factor. Today, I am talking with Hudson Gaines Ross, who is the co-founder and CEO of Plant People. Um, Plant People is a wellness brand that offers practitioner-grade supplements and skincare. And before that, he was the co-founder of Rise Brewing Company, which was a nitro cold brew coffee company based out of New York, and also was in branding prior to that. So has a lot of great experience, and I can't wait to hear all of the advice that he has for entrepreneurs. So welcome to the podcast, and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Christy. Thank you for, for having me. I'm excited to chat all yeah, about nice. everything. Me too. Um, so why don't you start by just telling us about Plant People, and then we can go backward if you want to. But tell us a little bit about how that started um, and what you're all about and where you're at from a business perspective right now. Great. Would love to. So the background on us and how we got into this business was around five years ago, my co-founder, Gabe Kennedy, and I, we were on a nature retreat kind of crawling through the, the grounds in the sort of a national park on a trail doing some nature retreat type of stuff with some friends. And we heard about this compound CBD and we started using it ourselves. And we both had spinal surgeries and were commiserating around surgeries. And so CBD was really great for us. And this was five years ago before anyone was talking about that compound. And there was only one store in New York selling it really overpriced downtown Manhattan. We couldn't find it. So we started going to farms and using it for ourselves and started giving it to friends and family. And it would come in these like jars as you know, just an oil and we didn't really know how to use it. We were kind of testing in all different ways. It was an amazing time in that, in the whole CBD cap category. Um, and, you know, my parents were using, our friends were using it. People were sleeping better than ever. didn't have back pain, neck pain. Um, and they would say, hey, if you go back to that farm, please let me know. I'll buy some. And so Gabe and I looked at each other and we're like, wow, if we can create a livelihood around helping people. Let's go ahead and do it. And so that's what we did. We launched around three years ago really humble beginnings, didn't raise any money, started shipping product out of my, my apartment in downtown Manhattan, very small space, started accruing a little team. And we got written up in the New York Times. Um, and everything changed from there in our second month. And we were shipping out thousands of orders. <laughs> we weren't expecting that. Um, and there's a lot of funny stories around how our website broke, but like we were still getting orders. It's pretty amazing and really grateful for that moment. In terms of what we offer, we offer herbal supplements, so everything from mushroom products to herbal products to also hemp products. So we, we do tinctures, we do topicals, and we also do capsules and, and powders. So that's been going really well for us and definitely a job that is really rewarding, not from a financial perspective, but more, most importantly, every day we wake up to crazy reviews about our products that are super positive, helping people in so many different ways in their families or themselves. And you should read those product reviews on our website. It's pretty amazing to wake up every day to them. And then also we make an impact on the planet. So not just people, but the planet. Uh, we plant the tree for every product sold. 
That's uh, we planted over 150,000 trees to date, which is equivalent, I believe, around 6,000 cars off the road in a given year in the U.S. in terms of carbon emissions. That's amazing. Um, and we use glass and metal. So we have, we have that purpose-driven mentality. Um, and yeah, in terms of the state and stage we're at as a business, um, 2018 was we launched in Q3. That was kind of a get to market. 2019 really scaled up, grew around 8x uh, in, in terms of total sales. Mostly profitable, and then 2020, you know, COVID had a little bit of an impact on the wholesale business, but e-commerce, D2C, really grew, and we grew overall. 2020 and 2021, we're looking to see like a 20, 30 percent increase in sales. And are so, you, really excited to see where we go this year. I mean, that's a great amount of growth for such a short time. I mean, you've been in business for a relatively short time. And then, are you? How are you producing all this? Do you have a place, or what do you do about that? Producing all the products. Yeah. Yeah, so we have three different locations depending on the type of product. So we produce a lot of our products in the New York, New Jersey area. And then we also produce in Colorado. And some of the ingredients are from different locations. We also produce some of our products in Massachusetts. Uh, but we, we distribute out of New York and we are considering uh, distributing out of a different location in the United States to hit both coasts in terms of shipping times yep. more effectively. Awesome. So talk about, so you're, you're really aggressive on how much growth you want to have. Um, so how are you going to do it? <laughs> What's your well, plan? The reason why we're aggressive and we're really proud of this is just because we put our personal savings into this. We didn't come out of the gate with a lot of funding. And so it's kind of our livelihoods, like true and true livelihoods. Um, and you know, the, we're just very much so that's part of our culture is that everyone is like, everyone's plate is fulfilled. Everyone's really passionate about making an impact on people on the planet. And then in terms of how we're going to do it, I mean, you know, we're very, we get a lot of, I don't, I wouldn't say call it like critiques, but a lot of second questions around, Hey, you're in multiple channels. That's not that maybe like spreading you too thin. And like, yeah, we agree. We're spreading ourselves thin, but also passion is what drives us. And we're able to like every day wake up and be like, okay, we have D to C, we have Amazon, we have target, we have wholesale, we have independence, we have distributors, and we have a very strong team in place. I'm very proud of that team. We wouldn't be able to be where we are without that team. And we're still in that early sort of small team where everyone is a, is a true pillar of the organization yeah. and yeah. they have full ownership and each person is treating themselves as a business owner. And so if you were to ask, hey, how are you going to get that growth is, well, one is being really smart and not just doing for the sake of doing, but two, it really comes down to people. So we're really firm believers in people. I'm very proud of the people we have on the team. And so I'm pretty confident that the team's in a rally. And I know that the, the team knows I'm a freak. So I ask questions around everything and iterate on everything and try to push us two steps forward as we go one and a half step backwards. Yep. Yep. Have you guys done a capital raise yet? Or is that in your future? So we didn't, we did a little raise um, in 2019, the end of 2019, a few hundred thousand, really not that much. We were very much so profitable in 2019. And then 2020 with COVID hitting the wholesale business, we went through some of those savings, which we're really grateful to have been so frugal um, yeah. in the year and a yeah. half prior. Um, and, and we also had some amazing in, investors um, that only put in a couple hundred thousand to give us a bit more fuel in 2019. But we haven't actually raised since then. So Gabe and I still own very much so super majority of the business, which we're grateful for. But we're at a place now where because we're an omni-channel and every channel is performing for us right now, and we're picking up steam and spending more to move product on shelves, but also to acquire more customers and do more retention tactics for D2C, 
we need a bit more fuel to fuel that fire right now. And so we're, we're considering doing a fundraise right now. And we're already talking to a lot of investors. So if you know of anyone, let me know. Feel free to shoot me a message. I will. And that's part of the, I mean, part of this podcast is to connect people like you with capital. So I will definitely let you know on that front. What's, what's standing in your way? Do you see any challenges that you're sort of like, and I'm not scared of, but just sort of like, I know I have to tackle this and it's going to be tough and I'm ready. Yeah. So actually it's tied to the fundraise. So we have a lot of momentum. The last two quarters were very strong for us. And given that we're omni-channel, the burden of being an inventory-based business is now hitting us. So with all classic inventory businesses, it's like you buy a product and then you spend a few months selling it. Now Mm -hmm. we're in a place where we have much larger retailers putting in purchase orders three to four months in advance, six months in advance. So we're placing production orders now for to get revenue back in six to nine months. So the, the, the amount of money that we need now to get the ROI back is much greater because we're not only dealing with much larger distributors, much larger retailers, but we're actually also increasing spend on D to C. So we're spreading ourselves thin from a financial standpoint, which is kind of unfortunate because everything's doing really well, but we don't want to be too cautious and be like, oh, sorry to our e-com team. You guys need to slow down the spend because we're doing this inventory buy right now. So I think that's like the thing that I wake up every, every night. And luckily we have cash in the bank, but every month as we do more and more, you can feel sort of like the spread thin of financials. And so I, I think for us, the big hurdle is finding not just investors that want to give us cash to do what we need to do, but really believe in the overall purpose of this organization that um, is to help people, but also the planet. So something that Gabe and I talk about all the time is like, hey, if you wanted to, if you asked us, Gabe and Hudson, would you like to be doing this for the rest of your life? Sure, sign us up, planting trees, helping people, making money, let's do it. However, we want to help more people and make a greater impact. And so if the overall goal is to do that, we need to find the right financial partner to fuel that growth and that believe in it and that we can affect more customers, affect more of the planet in a, in a greater capacity. Cool. That's cool. I mean, you're at, a, you're at that sort of crossroads where you yeah. actually have had a decent amount of success and you have to scale. And that's the part that's tricky. How do you do it? And, and I think that, I mean, the way you're talking about it makes so much sense because getting the right partner, there is nothing more important. Like if you get the wrong money. Yeah. I've heard so many stories of people getting investment because they just needed it and they didn't care where it came from or someone was willing to give them more than someone else. And it wound up being the wrong kind of partner. And then, I mean, that's like getting unmarried. Yeah, for sure. And I think the thing about the fundraise pieces too, it's not just like feeling the growth. Um, yeah. As you know, we're firm believers in people. It's really yeah. like getting that fuel to hire people that are smarter than us to yeah. come in and help us scale, get from not just like, you know, a few million in revenue, but to get to 10 to 20 million or whatever. It's like trying yeah. to bring those people who are going to help us scale up in the right way with experience that we don't have. Exactly. Um, and so we really want to invest in the team that we currently have, but we also want to invest in expanding the team, giving more support to the team, mm-hmm. um, but also bringing in senior people that can help us really grow this and take off a lot more of the like learnings and sort of skip steps so that we can do it right. Yeah. Talk about how you decide, like you, it's not like you just, this is the first thing you've ever done, um, but you started all over, like from scratch, right? With this business. Talk about that a little bit. What made you decide to do that at that point in your life? 
Well, I think I was just really passionate about helping people on the planet. I think that kind of got me over the line. I will say when my first job was at Guilt Group, I, I said to myself, I'll never do inventory again. And then I jumped into a supplements business called Aloha, which was inventory. And then I said, I would never do inventory again. And then I jumped <laughs> to a coffee company. And then I said, I'd never do inventory again. And then <laughs> I ended up jumping into plant people. And so it's, I don't know if like I wanted to do inventory based businesses. I think I'm really like adapt, adapt, adapt on it. Like I, I understand cross-functionally how to do these things and I'm well-versed in like building products and supply chains and getting to market. Um, but I would say that like the main thing that got me excited about this was that the product was helping me, helping my friends and family, helping my community and helping more people at large and then also the planet. And so for me, I'm very passionate about climate justice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is plant people is fortunately the biggest tool I will ever have to making an impact because we use our proceeds to make an impact with planting trees in other ways as well. Um, so that's what's really got me to start it all over again and, and wake up every day. It's just like, I, I love it. Like our team loves their jobs too. You can feel the energy. It's a, it's a great, it, every day is, is a great day to jump into work. That's fun. That's exciting. Do you ever wake up and feel like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this day or how I'm going to get myself going? Yeah. You know, I haven't really had that. I feel like my co-founder and I, thrive off of problem solving. Mm -hmm. Um, And we really push ourselves to the limits. I will say there was a period during uh, the height of COVID last year where I was waking every morning. I was like, this is really beating me like psychologically and sort of all these changes of working distributed. And then, you know, there was just a lot of social justice stuff happening. There was just a lot of stresses on, on just like society, all of which is like, positive direction, I think, for the world over time. But I think waking up every day and sort of coming to work, you know, there were some, all these problems solved when there's much larger problems to solve in the world, I think it made it really tough. So there's a period in 2020 where I was like a week where I was like, I don't know if I can like get to work right now. I feel inundated with my brain in terms of all this, all these things that people need to solve as a society, but also like on a smaller scale, this company, but overall, like never feel that way. Oh, great. Where do you get your inspiration from? It's a good one. So it's interesting. I get like in terms of inspiration, you know, a lot of inspiration comes from in terms of like moral values is definitely my parents. Um, I was talking to my girlfriend the, the other night about this and, you know, I just know that they're, they are the moral compass in, in my life and always have been. And I think that's where I get inspiration. And I always find myself in places at work where I say, what would my mother or dad do in this situation? Like what's the best response? They're always a little bit more conservative because I think it's like parents, what they do, but my parents are very on that note on the conservative side. And I add a little bit of flair of pushing the limits. And I think that's partly why they're my inspiration is because they kind of like dial me down and they, they make me a little bit more reserved from time to time. And so when you mix those two things together, it's, great inspiration. I'd also say that there's like two more things, you know, I'm inspired by my co-founder, Gabe, we have very complementary skill sets and we work very well together. And so I get a lot of learnings from him and I'm inspired by him a lot on a daily basis because I know how much work he puts into the business in a different facet than I do. And so 
when I see him putting in the time, I get inspired to do my piece even stronger. And the last piece is like, I get inspiration from really random things. So I know a lot of people read about competitors and what they're doing from like a DTC standpoint or wholesale standpoint. I get inspiration from that from time to time, but I actually get inspiration from really sort of more general, larger planetary, I guess, like inspiration. So like I'll read the New York Times and I'm like reading something about politics. I'm reading something about climate change or I'm reading something about, you know, something in the business section or something in arts and culture. And those ideas kind of come down and I jot it down. So I get inspiration from that sort of those types of sources that are unrelated to, you know, CPG and food and beverage stuff. Sounds like you're really tapped into what's going on in the world and that really fuels you, which is cool because a lot of people have their head down when they're entrepreneurs and they, they're so focused on what they're doing and they can't see or hear anything else. And I think that that in a lot of ways causes you to get myopic and have challenges because you're not really seeing what's going on. So that's really interesting. And I think actually a good piece of advice. Yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely, I think more than ever, companies have to be hyper aware of what's going on around them from, uh, you know, everything from the pandemic to social justice to climate justice to just what other, what's ha- happening in other countries. I think we're all kind of in a mindset, a shared mindset to a certain extent. Everyone kind of like knows what's happening. Not everyone, but a lot of people do. But I will say it's overwhelming. You know, like I work EST hours and then PST hours, which is the unfortunate part of being on central time right now. And then you like finish up work and you're like going to eat dinner. And then like you get overwhelmed by all this, all this stuff in the news. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I agree with you, but sometimes it can be a little overwhelming. Much. Yep. That's interesting. Was there a moment where you said to yourself, this is going to be a successful business? Like, did, was there a milestone where you were like, okay, we know this is going to work. We know we're going to make it. We just have to keep, keep going. I'm extremely confident in plant people being a successful business. And I feel the same way about my coffee company. It is, they are both successful actually, in my mind, it, it depends, it depends on the type of what the definition of success is. If it's an exit, that's a definition that has yet to be achieved yeah. by either company. But I do think there's an opportunity for that down the road. I think in terms of plant people, helping people on the planet, we've already made an impact. So to me, it's successful. And we have a pretty strong business model and stable business model. We just need to scale up a bit more. And so I'm, I'm pretty confident in it. And I, and I think I wouldn't be in the business if I if I weren't. Even in our lowest low, I was still confident and still am. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, are you still involved with Rise? So I am not operationally anymore. So I was there from the very beginning, from formula to branding to name to you know our first hundred customers to uh, you know selling in a lot uh, in those early days. Um, and I was an operational co-founder for about four to five years. And then I left about three years ago to focus on plant people. Okay. And at the time, my branding firm, which I've no, now left as well. And then I was on the board up until January 1st this year. And I gave up my board seat to a strategic investor. As you know, with most companies, you as you accumulate more capital, you give up more seats, et cetera. So uh, there, it's a very rare occurrence where companies have all co-founders on the oh, board. Yeah. So, and I'm yeah. actually like, I, I love the team at Rise. I, I, I support them hundred percent. I kind of wish they like tapped on me a bit more and I want to help at all times. And, you know, it's still my baby to a certain extent mm-hmm. as it is theirs and even more so them because they've, they've stuck along or stayed in the, the business. But, you know, I think like 
that company is going to be successful. And, and, and I'm actually kind of excited to now see it from a distance and be yeah. more of a consumer of it and, and not be as involved in the board. And I think there's going to be people on the board that are more impactful than I was. That's awesome. It, it sounds like this is really, truly passion for you, what you're doing right now, which is so great. It makes it so much easier when you go through the ups and downs, if you feel that way, which is, do you have, and we're getting toward the end of the time, do you have advice that you give for entrepreneurs or people who are at the stage that you're at where you're, you know, you know, you're going to have to do something to scale. That's probably going to bring some outsiders in. Do you have any advice you share? Yeah. I mean, I think the one thing that I've learned is you don't really need, one thing I say to a lot of people who are just starting their businesses is you don't need to go raise a lot of money and then do the formula of get the best PR agency and get like the best branding firm and all these things. And I, I know that's a route and a lot of successful companies have, but like that's like successful companies that have done that, you know, whether it's a Harry's or Casper or any of those sort of like well-known brands, those are like, there's many companies that did the same formula and were not successful. Right. And you're actually more likely to fail if you raise that much money up front and then also sign up these firms that are going to cost a quarter million. I think what's more important is to not raise much money, not give up as much capital, you know, equity and like get to market, learn from the customer, iterate from it, be data driven and start to invest in things figure out what the best product market fit is. And if you don't have a product market fit and you're spending money, it's not going to work. It's not going to stick. So you really need to make sure to, my recommendation is to like get to market, try to be scrappy, learn from your customers. You'll learn more being in the market in three months than you will in the the year that you spent planning it. And that's what I would, I would recommend. I think that's really good advice. And I think that proving that you actually have a brand that has the potential to be successful before you go and start giving it away makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Heard that a bunch. That's great. Anything else you want to add? I mean, I'm so happy for you. I'm so, your energy is incredible. And I'm sure that comes through when you present and you talk about the brand and um, that's amazing. So I think that's cool. Really yeah. Happy. And then I think the last thing I would say is I had someone say to me that uh, was starting a company. It was like, Hudson, you should be a power of good. Like you should stop what you're doing and like try to build a business that makes an impact on the planet. And I kind of took that in offense. Um, I, I don't feel like everyone has the opportunity to do that. And it's really hard to do that, especially in consumer goods when like packaging is so much more expensive when it's compostable and this yeah. and that. And the market is so stuck with price margins and structures and distributors that are used to using plastic and stuff like that. But I do, I do really encourage people to work on businesses that are going to make an impact for the planet and also society. And I'm not saying being political, but try to like build community through making an impact. I think it makes work so much more enjoyable on a daily basis and you can feel really good about what you're doing. And I'd also say on the sustainability front is, you know, do you want to be a business that when you're on, when you're, ver- when you're getting old and you're on your deathbed, I know this sounds really morbid <laughs> and you're like, wow, I actually released millions and millions of units of these plastic materials that are going to be existing much longer for generations. And because of an email decision or a phone call decision, you know, I decided to use to release this like beast into the wild and onto this planet. So I know that sounds negative or in some way, but if you're starting a business, it's much easier to start with eco and sustainable materials than it is to switch to it. Because once you, get into market with these like cheaper materials and better margin products, 
it's so hard to choose a more eco material to get off those margins. Okay, that's a good piece of advice because it is hard once you're doing something at a cost to go and double or triple your costs. It's hard to swallow. Sometimes. Totally. Yeah. So build it in from the beginning. Awesome. All right. Well, that's great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I want to be respectful of your time. Um, but thank you. It was really great. And I think there's some really good advice in here. Well, 